Welcome to Yorkshire Dance Presents, a podcast series about dance and dementia. Across four episodes, we'll take a look at our dance and music care home project, In Mature Company, a project to tackle social isolation for residents in care homes who are living with dementia. We'll also talk about our research method, Dementia Care Mapping, and talk to some of the people who've been influential in this project so far. We're Lauren and Lily, and we work for Yorkshire Dance, a charity which champions the value of dance and its development in Yorkshire. We are the Dementia Care Mappers on Yorkshire Dance's Immature Company project. Dementia Care Mapping is the research tool we are using to evaluate the impact of the project, and we'll be talking about this in more detail in episode three of the series. And in this episode, we're going to be talking about what the project is and why it's important to do this work. Just so you know, we are all recording this podcast from our own homes, so if there is any background noise or we interrupt each other, it's because we're not in the same room, so we apologise in advance. Today, our guests are two people who are integral to the project. Yorkshire Dance's Programmes Director, Hannah Robertshaw, and Older People's Project Manager, Aidy Niverson. So, hello to Hannah and Aidy. Hello. Hello. Hi. Hannah, we'll start with you first of all. Um, So, first of all, tell us a bit about yourself, how you came to work in dance, and specifically with older adults, and about your role at Yorkshire Dance. Yeah, that's fine. Well, it's very nice to talk to you and hear a friendly voice. Um, but yeah, I got into dance um, as a as a child, and um, you know, I just I just loved dancing. I loved moving when I was little, and um, and then I discovered this amazing thing called community dance and that was when I was about 15 and I did work experience with Peterborough Dance Project which was a local um, dance uh, company where I lived and just um, it really it broadened my mind and it and it showed me how dance can be delivered in loads of different contexts and I'd only ever understood dance from you know, taking part in dance classes in a dance studio or going to the theatre and watching dance. But this was sort of dance in um, all sorts of places and spaces, including uh, care homes and, and dancing with all sorts of people. So that just switched me on. And I just thought, yeah, this is this is what I want to do. Um, so I trained as a dancer. And um, then I, unlike a lot of my peers who wanted to go and perform and and um maybe follow more more conventional path I just decided that I I was my heart was very much in dancing with communities and it has been ever since so um I now work as the programs director at Yorkshire Dance and I've been with Yorkshire Dance since I think about 2013 I think I joined um and yeah I just I've got you know the best job in the world really I get to develop lots of dance projects and um and meet lots of different people from all walks of life and see the really kind of positive impacts that dance can have uh, on people's lives. Aidy, so same same question to you. Do you want to tell us all a bit about yourself, how you came to work in dance and about your role at Yorkshire Dance? Yeah, so I'm the Older People's Project Manager at Yorkshire Dance. So I um, oversee a lot of our work with older adults. Um, that's in the community and in care homes. Um, and also we do, we try and do lots of performances. So we've done a flash mob with older people. Um, we've done some intergenerational work with uh, younger and older people so yeah really interesting and varied 
but obviously just focus mostly on older adults. Um, my background isn't in dance at all. Um, I've come to uh, Yorkshire Dance from a different route. So I have got an arts degree um, and I um, am really interested. I wrote my dissertation about outsider art, which is really about the art that's made by non-trained sort of artists. Um, and I'm really interested in the fantastic creativity of ordinary people and what ordinary people can do and make um mm. and especially with older adults because I think you know often life can get in the way and it can sort of stop us being creative so um having the opportunity to do, to do something that you want to do in later life I think um I feel really passionate about and yeah and I think what we're going to be talking about today about immature company and our working care homes is um is kind of the project that I manage and it's really really dear to my heart especially you know in these sad times when we're hearing so much about how COVID-19 is affecting care homes and their residents and mm. staff it's it's going to be really tinged with sadness, really, today, talking about our work, which has been fantastic. But um, obviously, it's on a pause at the moment because um, yeah. we can't get into any of the care homes and it's not appropriate to be delivering things at the moment. Yeah. And just to give a bit of background to people, we're, um, we've just finished the second year of the Immature Company project. Um, so the hope was to start the third and final year. Um, soon um, obviously that could be slightly later than planned because of the current situation but hopefully um, autumn 2020 fingers crossed absolutely and um, I just thought we could maybe get a little bit of background about the project um, and kind of where it came from what where the idea started from and um, Hannah I think are you all right to give us a bit of context a bit of background about the project absolutely yeah, Yorkshire Dance has been working with older adults for, for quite a long time. Um, and, and prior to Immature Company, I'd been, um, I'd developed a project in Sheffield, which was working within um, three different care homes and with primary school children. Um, and throughout that project, I think I, I mean, I really just, I started to even just understand life in 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 residential care even more um throughout that project and also just witness the the sort of huge benefits that um running an arts project and and in this case a dance project because there's something very unique about dance and um uh something that dance particularly and, and music can offer um and so i I got very inspired around working in, in care home settings. Um, and as part of that project, we had, I started thinking about um, kind of uh, how you, how you look at how successful these sorts of projects are. Um, so I'd, I'd asked, uh, I'd been chatting um, uh, to a dementia care mapper um, and uh, I actually invited her in to uh, look at the, um, the work that we were doing and do a, do some dementia care mapping against it. And I know, I know you'll talk about that a little bit later, but that, that really kind of blew my mind and, and, um, uh, and, and made me think uh, about how we could create a, a whole project where dementia care mapping was very embedded in, into it. Um, and, and the other thing, the other project that we'd been running around the similar time, was um, a project called Younger Arts, and that was uh, in in Leeds, and and we'd been working with um, 
lots of older adults in the community and particularly looking at people who were um, socially isolated and lonely. And in the final stage of that project, we started working within care homes. And um, that was really interesting because I think perhaps there was a um, a preconception amongst some some people that, that if you're within a residential care home, you, you're not uh, isolated or lonely because you're surrounded by people, uh, by other people. And, you know, we, we quickly learned that that isn't the case and that actually the role of the arts in, in that setting to unite people, to bring people together, to um, create shared experiences and joyful experiences um, was really profound. So all, all of that previous work kind of that really informed Immature Company and um, gave us the kind of the thoughts, the ideas um, and um, the impetus to um, to write uh, this new three year project, which which was then supported by um, Leeds Older People's Forum and the Time to Shine project. So. So, you know, we've been really fortunate to um, be able to deliver this work. Um, and it's, you know, it's informed by lots and lots of prior um, research and thought. So, And just to add that um, Leeds Older People's Forum and the Time to Shine project um, got funding from the big lottery to really look at social isolation and loneliness um, and um, just following on from what Hannah was saying that, you know, there is the, an assumption by people that you can't be um, isolated or lonely within a care home and and um, Leeds Older People's Forum and Time to Shine were really interested in um, Yorkshire Dance and our project to kind of investigate that and allow different opportunities for residents to connect to each other. So, yes, you know, they, they might know each other very well, but actually if they're all sitting in a circle just watching TV, you know, does that give them a lot of opportunity to kind of connect? So we just try and change the environment and give people an opportunity to, that, that are living together, but maybe give them space and time to connect in a different way that that might not normally happen within the care home setting. Yeah, and that's quite interesting, Aidy, because the project could have kind of run um, in a different setting. You could have looked at that social isolation of people living on their own, um, not in a care home. Why, yeah. so why did you kind of specifically choose care homes for the project? Was there a um, well, we, we understand that care homes are often very under-resourced um, and maybe some of the um, the opportunities for a kind of a different experience. So, yeah, they, they have entertainers and the activities coordinators often do fantastic jobs and the care staff as well. But um, at Yorkshire Dance, we're really interested in in bringing high-quality arts interventions um, to people that maybe wouldn't have that opportunity. So, um, yeah, you can't invite care home residents. Well, you can invite them um, to sort of come out of the care home and do something, but the logistics around that are incredibly difficult and stressful. So um, we were really interested in, in, in the opportunity to to be within the care home, to work in that environment, to work with the staff, the family and friends to really affect a bit of a change in in that setting. Um, the other thing was that we're, we're um, it was about hidden communities, wasn't it, AD? It was about thinking about yeah. the, the communities of people that we don't that we don't 
um, necessarily see. And I'm, I'm always fascinated by, by this as a thing anyway, that, that there are, and it doesn't just, it's not just unique to care homes, but, um, you know, we talk about um, community um, and often that relates to kind of a physical space, you know, an area, a, a, a town or a part of a, a, a town um, as, mm. and the community of that town but um but you know there are all these other communities uh within those um geographical spaces that are um you know their own communities and 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 I think with care homes I'm I was you know also from personal experience of having uh relatives in care homes interested in this kind of um this sort of inside out thing you know that the idea that um, when we're in residential care, we're kind of we're kind of uh, away from uh, from other people, and it relies on other people coming in um, to to be with us, as opposed to us, ha- you know, residents having the freedom to um, to to go to go out and, and live their lives, you know, within the public spaces. Um, to which we're all, you know, we're, we're, we're all accessing, although interestingly, not at the moment. <laughs> so maybe we're all getting a flavour of, of what this is actually like right now. But Definitely, definitely. It's really interesting what you say, Hannah, as well, about the fact that um, to make that active choice to working in care homes is, you know, is one that's really important. But I think what's really struck me about this project is is the way that in which we work in care homes it's it's totally different to what we've seen before and i think you know we we could do those activities that ad was speaking about you know we could we could have got the the regular activity and but actually what we're we're looking at is is bringing all of the things all of those community kind of relationships that have been created and finding new ways to explore them and i think that's that's super interesting um and i don't know if we want to talk a little bit about kind of what those sessions look like and maybe what why they're different to to kind of other activities that happen in care homes and what's the importance of, of yeah. the difference so I, I could give a little bit of an outline of, of kind of the plan of the project. And so we were funded to work for three years in nine care homes across Leeds. And we looked at sort of a geographical spread so that we were picking care homes around the city. Um, and we were looking at different care providers as well. So um, some local authority care homes, some private care homes and some um kind of more charitable ones like uh, Methodist Homes and um, and Anchor. Um, so, yeah, we were, we're looking at, at kind of, yeah, different different sorts of care homes and, and sizes, but um, all, always working with people who are living with dementia um, and always working with the care staff and care activity uh, coordinators to make sure that it fitted in with their kind of... Um, offer um so um it there were weekly sessions and um and uh, it would be a team of th- uh, three artists so two dance artists and a, a musician a live musician and the team would go in and um they would facilitate and deliver um one-to-one sessions so that would be the lead dance artist who would um go into people's rooms that might be um, unable to come out of their rooms um, because they're real. It, it could be that they it was sort of end of life care um, and just finding a way of connecting in a very gentle, quiet way with them 
um, and then um, the full team, so the two dance artists and the musician would then lead um, two further sessions in the afternoon, one um, with a larger group, maybe 10 to 15 people, and maybe um, then a smaller group, maybe people who are um, living with more complex needs, um, and that might be a group of about five or six people. So th- that's sort of how it looked um, on a mm-hmm. weekly basis. Um, and, um, you know, obviously it, it, every session is different because it's influenced and shaped by the people that are in the room So um, and how they interact with the artists. Um, so, th- yeah, I mean, we they, the, the, the sessions normally had um, a kind of gentle introduction um, and a kind of warm-up, we would say. So um, getting people maybe to connect through music, uh, maybe a song, maybe some gentle music, and then maybe something a bit more uplifting, upbeat. And then um, to, uh, when the sessions were finishing, we normally had something that was a bit more gentle and mindful we would maybe dim the lights. Um, we had these kind of battery-operated candles to kind of change the lighting and essential oils that would just sort of gently change the care home environment. So, um, yeah, just just really wonderful things. And, and um, yeah, and no two sessions ever really look the same because they, yeah, mm. as I said, they're really influenced by the people that are in the room. Yeah, I've I've kind of um, got a bit of a question for you both about the use of music because um, kind of research says that um, when someone's living with dementia, music's one of the last things that kind of goes from memory. Um, so even when it's kind of quite late stage dementia, people remember music from their past. Um, so I was just kind of interested to see why you um, whether that was kind of something you'd bear in mind when you were thinking about the project because obviously we are Yorkshire Dance and. Therefore, this is a, a dance project, but just thought maybe about the relationship between dance and music. It'd be quite interesting to ask you about yeah. that. I think, I mean, music is a wonderful trigger for, for all humans. I mean, when you hear a song that is a, um, you know, a familiar song or, or there's a rhythm that it doesn't even need to be a familiar song. Maybe it's a rhythm that you just feel, it, you know, it, we're, we're innate movers, humans we're born moving, we're born wriggling. Um, we become, you know, less, uh, we become less physical often as we age and, um, and more, um, you know, we sit more, um, and, uh, we, we move less. So there's something about, um, using music for, for anyone as a trigger to move. And I'm, I've always been fascinated by that. And I'm sure AD would, would agree with that. Um, but I think, I yeah. think, yeah, particularly for the work, uh, with people living with dementia, it's a, it's a very powerful tool. And there's something about the live music in this project, which maybe sets it apart as well, because it's not, immature company that there is some familiar uh, music that that we use but the live music allows for much more you know experimental use of sounds and of um you know uh, uh, you know we took the, the artists the musicians talk a lot about um the different um vibrations of the instruments and and things that can kind of connect with connect to people on a different in a different way um so i'm i'm really fascinated by that and i also think you know music um 
for some people is um, maybe less alienating than dance. I think dance can still be quite a scary thing for some people. I think not everyone wants to dance, although actually often when we hear music, we start to move. And, you know, I think this this project has helped us um, challenge what we mean by dance and, and what dance is mm. and uh, who's allowed to dance and, uh, you know, how we move. Yeah, I mean, we're incredibly lucky um, at Yorkshire Dance that we work with some fantastically talented artists and the musicians that we've worked with on this project are, are absolutely brilliant and um, maybe taking instruments that you probably wouldn't expect to see in a care home. So <laughs> one of our musicians, Ozzy, who I think you'll probably talk to a bit later on in the series, he is a jazz musician, yeah. improvised jazz and so um, he takes this double bass in and a really wide variety of instruments that I've never seen the like of instruments from uh, you know from around the world and um, Will the other musician he is really interested in rich sounds and um, so the, the percussion that's used is made with really interesting objects and so they're, they're objects of curiosity as well as being able to um, kind of play and engage um and yeah and I, I just the the choices of music what we do is we 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 may play songs um or recorded music that is, is familiar to um the residents but it's kind of we're not trying to do any kind of reminiscing if people have an attachment or an, a memory from that song then that's great but we're kind of not really interested in in that kind of pathway um and and actually sometimes you know um the musicians use sort of more eclectic and world music because actually when you're singing often if you're in a group and you're all singing a song that you all know um then that can actually stop kind of inhibit you moving but actually if you have something that's a a bit more rhythmic and maybe something that that is a little bit different from what you um would normally listen to it helps you kind of access the body and move and be encouraged in different ways and kind of not be distracted by the song and the lyrics and just have that more that more um instinctive feeling i suppose that's mm -hmm. that's maybe how i describe it lady and i were very amused by the fact that you know in in a lot of the care homes that we visited um because uh, a lot of care homes do do have instruments and and things that they've kind of collected but often those are things like tambourines and 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 you know yeah. i don't I don't know about anyone else's experience, but um, but my my experience of a tambourine comes from primary school, and uh, and the tambourine is like one of the most awful noises you can you can make, <laughs> you know, quite snarling and pinny and and you know kind of scratchy and just not. I'm sure that apologies mm. to the tambourinists out there who make beautiful tambourine music, but, um, but I but I think it's interesting, you know, that like AD, um, uh, you know. Uh, has talked to me about the uh you know will using lots of wooden instruments that make a very different you know um have very different sort of noises so i think it's interesting as well what, what kind of instruments are being used and how they um help us access like ad said different ways of moving and different ways that the body might respond totally and i think it's really it's really really important that the instruments also kind of not always 
look like instruments. And so there isn't an expectation that anybody in the room knows how to play them. And I think that mm. that kind of opens up more room for exploration so that um, there isn't a sort of right or wrong way to play anything. And I think that's that's really interesting to see that if it's a really long tubular instrument it, and it can be played by, you know, banging it on the floor, by tapping it. And I think that what, using those sort of instruments with people living with dementia just opens up a whole realm of creativity um, that maybe we didn't necessarily think about before. Um, and we've got a little audio clip here from um, one of our sessions at Pennington Court Care Home in um, Beeston. Um, and this is Will, one of our musicians leading um, a rhythm activity. So we're just going to play a little bit of this so you can get a sense of what we've been talking about. So what we're going to try and do now is we're going to try and come up with our own piece of music by starting a little beat. And what I'd like to do is just have a listen. Maybe you can see someone else playing a little rhythm. See if you can copy that person. I'm going to start us off. Obviously, we all know that it's really important to take creative activity into care homes, and it feels even more so right now that it's important to be, to still be creative. Um, and I just wonder whether um, you want to talk a little bit about why you feel so passionate about taking the arts into care homes, and what what you think the like arts had. What, what's the place of the arts in care homes post this whole crisis? And do you think it will have a role to play in those institutions and, and places after? Yeah, I mean, I, I, come at, I come at this through a really sort of selfish lens, actually, which is um, just thinking about my own future. And um, if I end up in residential care, I want it to be a, a really awesome, exhilarating, brilliant experience. <laughs> um, and for me, for me, that includes the arts and, and the arts is paramount in that. So, um, but I think it's a really good question. I think, I mean, I, I can talk very passionately about, you know, why I think the arts is um, you know, as important as as it's an, an a nourishment for the soul. It's a way of connecting people. It's um it it's a way of people expressing themselves. It's a way of finding out more about who you are. Um, uh, it's a way of relating to the world. You know, there's the, all these things, particularly in a a time when we are all in lockdown. We're not um we're not able to have these collective shared experiences. Um, uh, I think I think it becomes even more vital then, and I think you know the arts ultimately tells stories as well, doesn't it? it, it it's a way of us um, of sharing a, a narrative together, and I just yeah, I mean the role the role of dance particularly and the body. I mean I'm just I'm I think even more so we're likely to become so still um, in the in this time of not being able to to be, um, you know, going about our lives the way we were before. So I just, the, the opportunity to, um, to change environments, to bring people together, to move together, to, um, laugh together, to cry together, to do all those expressive things that the arts can open up. That just seems more critical than ever. Um, and it's, you know, it, we know from watching the news, we know from everything that's going on from our own experience. Some of our artists are working in care homes as care staff now. You know, we know that there's 
a real crisis in care. Um, and, and I think that there's a role for us to play in, you know, helping people recover from that. Yeah, for me, it's such a traumatic time at the moment. And, you know, it's about how you make sense of a world that's unfathomable and and doesn't make any sense. And, you know, and actually listening to music and dancing in your kitchen can really... Yeah, yeah, exactly. Like Hannah says, it can make you laugh, it can make you cry. You know, it's not always a, a a joyous thing. And I think we've definitely found that in the care homes as well. That often when we are having the sessions, it really people 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 were getting quite tearful at times. And you know, and it's not always about you know. I, I think arts and it's a it is a different language, and it's about how you access your feelings. So actually you know, some of the sessions can be really joyful, but in that joy, there's a real sadness as well, um, which I think it just mirrors life in general. Um, I mean, for me, I think that um, everyone should have access to high quality arts, no matter where they live. So if they live in a care home or um, in the community or um, or how, how old you are, you know, that shouldn't be a barrier. And I think, you know, um, arts in care homes are, are kind of often quite under-resourced and, and um, care homes offer quite traditional things, I would probably say. I mean, we're just trying to offer something different to people and um, and that fits in with a whole kind of other offer. Um but yeah, I mean, I think for me, when we can get back into care homes, I think we as artists will hopefully bring in life and a breath of fresh air and joy and yeah. And I think from a practical point of view as well, care staff are under so much pressure all the time, but particularly right now, um, actually just trying to deliver that practical care that when it kind of comes to the time where we can go back in and all the other people that they have going in to, to do things with them can go back in, it will be kind of light relief for those care staff to actually have other people there. And, and it's not just kind of them having to to kind of do everything yeah yeah definitely and I mean we've seen the care staff interact with residents in a different way when we've been in in the um, sessions one of the things that we do as well is we bring in silent disco so it's headphones that you know mm-hmm. yeah silent disco and you know the staff have had them on um, residents have been wearing them and you know often people think oh it could be quite a personal experience because you're you're in your you've got your own headset on but actually people have really been um sort of connecting and singing to each other while they're or they're wearing the headsets they've been moving they've been dancing because i think there's something about having that headset on where the music becomes actual part of your physical being and body and mm. um you know and that's the sort of thing and the care staff are like oh this 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 is brilliant you know we we want to get a silent disco going you know when you're not here and just um yeah just things that may be Maybe other other um, the care staff haven't thought about because they haven't they've got other priorities as you say you know it's about yeah. caring for people and you know if we can just come in and bring something different and new opportunities then mm. then I think that that's that's a really important role. I thought as well it's quite an interesting 
time to sort of think about how we um, evaluate these projects as well. It feels like, you know, we've got all this rich, amazing moments and these amazing kind of pieces of learning that we've had over the last two phases but you know how do we obviously we've we've got dementia care mapping but is you know what what's the choice for for using dementia care mapping and how do you think that works in terms of capturing what we're learning but also sharing that learning um amongst other other people working care homes and care staff and policy makers and and beyond um it's a good question Lily and I I mean I'm always painfully aware that the arts community is very very good at waxing lyrical about about the work that we do and it's because it's you know there are very passionate people working in the arts that have a true belief in in the power that arts have to change people's lives and um but I think I'm always intrigued as to how we evidence this better and how we um, communicate the value of um, of work that is often very small, and and I'd say very small as in not not in relation to effort, but in relation to the uh, perhaps the small changes um, that take place in the individuals that we work with, and this is like particularly highlighted in the work in residential care because. Um, you know, for some of the residents, it's these are very small dances. These are not big, bold um, things. Um, uh, they're very, very subtle, a very um, small shifts in people um, in terms of how they might engage with the dance session or, um, or, or with the artists or, or even with, with the project staff. So um, so the dementia care mapping, I was I was interested in this as uh as a way to assess an arts project because you're really getting into some detail around how individual people um, are um, responding uh, to what's happening in the room. So I think it's, you know, it's obviously, it's an observational tool, um, uh, but it's really, it's been really interesting to have a a sort of in-depth look at how the residents are receiving the activity. And so it challenges our assumptions as well about, um, you know about the sessions and it provides learning for the artists because it's you know it's really difficult when you're in a room with a um with any kind of large group of people uh, to really understand the impact that you're having um for individuals because you're addressing a group and actually we know now from the dementia care mapping work that the best work happens when there is that one-to-one attention that one-to-one interaction um so it's uh, so yeah. I mean, we previously in in uh, dance projects in care homes, we you know we'd we'd done um, we'd held focus groups. We'd ask people what they thought. We'd ask the care workers. We might ask the families. Um, you, you know, we'd ask individuals that are taking part in the sessions, and we'd ask the artists. But this is like the dementia care mapping has been a sort of another layer to that to that. Um, you know that investigation really um which is fascinating and we've learned a lot as a result and we know we know a lot more now about what works than we did you know when we walked into this project so i think that kind of continual desire to learn and improve um and uh you know that's that's 
why we're doing the work that's why it's interesting as well and I think with with um, the the way that you have been mapping Lauren and Lily like in the second phase you sort of mapped um, sort of a resident sort of their journey through the 20 week program so you went in on week two or three and you saw how that resident interacted with the artists and the dancers yeah. and actually you were able to evidence the real change um in that resident throughout those 20 weeks so I mean I can I think of an example of, of a woman who um was we thought was non-verbal she was a wheelchair user she felt she was living with dementia she felt it felt very difficult to engage with her and read her her cues and signals um and she's seemed quite resistant at the beginning of the 20-week program um, and then gradually over the weeks she made she you know like anyone living with dementia they come in and out and connect at different times within the session and with different artists and um, she seemed to build a real connection with the musician and gradually the, the, there was a real change in this woman's behaviour that you were able to evidence. I think it was Lily, um, and actually, from being quite resistant to being part of the session, she actually took a maraca from the musician and was playing <laughs> it. Which, again, like Hannah says, seems such a small thing, but actually, for that woman to have done that was an amazing achievement, and yeah. the care staff were just in awe of it happening they were like oh look she's holding a maraca she's playing maraca <laughs> and I think that that you know to be able to evidence that I mean I it is about those small moments I mean you know often with the one-to-ones or when you meet people in the care homes they say oh you know um my dancing days are over I can't dance all I can do is like wiggle my finger and I'm like well we can do finger dancing then you know and it, <laughs> it, it's it, it is very very small um there's you know there are some people that are up on their feet dancing but the majority of them it could be very very small things that maybe could go unnoticed um if there wasn't such a robust way of of evaluating and gathering the data about the changes in, in their behavior one of the other things that might be interesting just to mention is that when we did the um the three-year project in sheffield one of the things that the dementia care mapper uh, liza heller who worked with us there who who has been advising on immature company as well one of the things she picked up was the impact of touch in in the sessions so whenever there was touch within the dance session people's well-being peaked and that was evidenced through the mapping so again that was a real motivation for immature company was thinking about mm. touch and and how important touch is and to be touched and and i think that um you know dance gives a feasibility to for touch that perhaps other things don't um and and you know we talked a lot with the artists about sort of emotional touch versus kind of functional touch like guiding someone down a corridor or, or helping someone, um, you know, take medication or, you know, whatever that might be um, versus the sort of touch that we could offer in a dance session, which is far more um, emotive, perhaps. Um, so that's an, an, another interesting layer of sort of our evaluation is thinking about touch and, and touch in relation to sort of reducing people's um, feelings of loneliness and, and touch in terms of, you know, connecting that community of people within the care home. Um, so that's yeah. been another, 
another sort of um, part of the evaluation, which has been, um, you know, interesting to to look at. Yeah, and casting your mind back to to two years ago, then when this project started, and um, do you think your expectations of what we thought we'd find out through the evaluation have been met? Do you think? we've kind of or is there kind of more that you feel like we need to explore and see in this final year um I think for me um you you kind of never know what you're going to expect you have indicators and that say that you know obviously if you have one-to-one and you spend a, a longer time with that person and build a connection but you know it it kind it um it, it just reinforces kind of what what you think or how you feel that that would be but I think for me I think what's been quite interesting with the mapping is that the people that you think maybe aren't connecting so who maybe have got their eyes closed and in a room of you know other residents who might think that they're asleep but actually if you if you look at them and you look you know you can see you know we've seen people tapping their feet and actually they are engaging more than than maybe they weren't engaging so I think for me I think it's those levels of engagement have been really interesting to um to to look at and um and kind of and try and tease out of um that that actually you know sometimes it's not about working with the residents that are the most connected and the most responsive it's about maybe working with to to get the the residents who are may maybe a bit more difficult to engage to engage um and i think that's been really useful with the mapping really to show us how to do that and actually that you that the artists often are doing that um but maybe they weren't quite aware of it so i think the mapping has really reinforced that for me the joyful thing about about our, our work is that we've got the well we've had the um you know, the opportunity to really spend time. And, and you know, I've worked on lots of dance projects where you might go in for an hour and then come away. And actually the work that we've been doing with Immature Company, you know, the artists are in for, for a really large chunk of the day when they go in. So that that opportunity to have time and to have time to work with people on a one-to-one basis and to have time to also do those group sessions, I think is, is just um, you know that's a real that that's a real strength of this project, and I guess you know coming into it, like Ad said, you know you you kind of are expecting um, you know there to be. I was expecting, for example, in the one to ones, there to be kind of positive outcomes around the one to ones, but I I think I underestimated perhaps the. Um, particularly for the the residents that we've worked with that are largely non-verbal. I think I underestimated kind of the power of that work with them, but also the the level of um, effort and planning and um, support that the artists have needed around that one-to-one work with those those residents. And I think they've worked very instinctively, but I think I I never... I mean, perhaps I just underestimated what what that would look like, um, and it's been very beautiful to watch. And you know, the, there's been examples of residents who, um, you know, who have seen maybe distressed, or um, and then the, the the dance artist has, has found a way through a sort of physical language 
to calm that person or to communicate in a different way. Um, and that's been, you know, genuinely sort of surprising and uh, wonderful to watch. And I think I think that's really important, actually, to, to, you know, like kind of why dance and how can dance connect. But, you know, um, dancers are they use their physicality and their breathing so often, you know, it it would just be going in and maybe sitting, just holding someone's hand, like breathing with them, you know, as negotiating that touch picking up tiny little non-verbal cues about whether someone wants you to hold their handles or what else they would like to do so I think you know the dance artists really come with a wealth of experience that you know through through dance and through touch it it is a language and it's a way of communicating and so when often when words fail there is still this way of communicating with people who are very closed off and you know who are very difficult to communicate with so you know mm. i think that that has been really um enlightening uh, it's kind of what we were ho- we hoped, and that's why we're so passionate about how dance can make you feel um, and how it can connect, and also the element of touch. You know, when you touch someone, they're touching you back. Um, and you know, in the world of social distancing and us not being able <laughs> to touch people and things, I think we're really understanding how important touch is for us yeah. as human beings. So, um, absolutely. Yeah, and I think it's it's really important that you know that during the mapping that there is those that that those moments are captured as well. And I think my, myself and Lauren have that's been one of our challenges as to how do we capture those those beautiful moments that that we've we've talked about today. How do we share that in a way that kind of really shows shows what it really is, rather than just talking about it as a, a mere observer. And I think that's what the mapping allows us to also map someone's. Um, feeling their response their mood and and I think that's a it's a really a really positive thing mm. and then we'll go into you know a lot more detail about what dementia care mapping is and and those sort of particular moments and um, in the later episodes I think it is it's sort of quite a scientific very sort of structured way isn't it Lily and Lauren mm. yeah. of, of yeah. evaluating something that has no structure and is so <laughs> soft and gentle yeah. and so I think that is is the power and you know that's why dementia care mapping is you know has been sort of really important in this project and shaping and talking about it and hopefully in the future maybe opening up other opportunities for work so yeah yeah I think it's 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 so powerful yeah and we've been finding ways to sort of adapt that scientific tool to work for this particular setting because usually dementia care mapping is used to kind of um, evaluate everyday care um and so it, it it doesn't necessarily always have all of the creative tools that we need to to share what we're seeing and i think that's that's been a challenge for us but also super interesting that we can find a way to make this this tool work for us and make science work for the arts and I think that's a really interesting and innovative way of evaluating a project um so I think yeah it's, it's really exciting um I just want to take this moment because I know we've been talking for a while and and it's been super interesting and it's been really lovely to to hear you both speak about the project um and 
what we want to do at the end of each of our episodes is to ask our guests the same question. So um, this question's for both of you. Um, what's your personal experience of the project and a favourite standout sort of moment so far? Uh, so mine was definitely the kind of the first visit to the care home, seeing the um, the work happening after having secured the funding. Because you know um, when you sat writing a, a a proposal for a piece of work, and then you actually see that work happening, it's that's just a you know oh it's just a that's just a really wonderful moment um for anyone that's involved in kind of structuring projects and and raising money for them so that very first visit to the care home watching the team working um seeing the residents responding that was my sort of um uh, possibly sigh of relief moment as well that it was actually off the <laughs> ground <laughs> but also just very <laughs> joyful to see something lifted from from the page into action mm-hmm. Um, and and then I just have a very sort of uh, maybe funny anecdotal uh, moment to share as well, which is um, a more recent visit that I made to um, one of the care homes that we were working in. And I sat with a woman who has a, um, a dog with her, but it's a stuffed soft toy dog uh, but but very real um to, to that resident and and so I sat talking to her dog and talking to her for a really long time and that was just a really um uh, brilliant moment of my day um and uh, mm. yeah the dog was much better behaved than my own dog so um <laughs> I'll, I'll visit that dog again <laughs> what about you Eddie? Um, so yeah, I think well, there's there's so many. There's, I mean, that lady taking the maraca was an amazing one. Um, you know, uh, the finger dance. You know, the lady who was really frail in bed and saying, "I can't dance anymore," but you know, or I can dance with my finger and doing seeing and doing that, and that was amazing. I think for me, it's it's a way that we give. Um, families opportunities to interact with their um the yeah with each other so there was one woman whose uh, mother is in the care home and she just said that she hadn't seen her mum sing and smile for such a long time and to see her in the sessions smiling and engaging and singing was it just yeah it'd been something that she'd forgotten because she hadn't seen it for such a long time Mm-hmm. And then um, another instance with um, a couple whose um, a husband was visit, was visit his wife, I think, every day because every time we went there, he was there. And he was seemed quite resistant for them to be involved. And often it's there is a level of uncomfortableness sometimes with families. Um, and um, just gradually throughout through the weeks, they then started dancing, standing up and and looking at each other with such love and being able to hold hands and and dance together in a way that wasn't about talking. It wasn't about loss. It was about what is still there and, and all those feelings and and the positivity that you can have in a dance. So, yeah, I think that. That was a real sort of quite a standout, quite an emotional moment to mm-hmm. see. Um, yeah, yeah, just just very, very proud of the artists that we work with and um, how 
this project has been really shaped and informed by them. So yeah, mm. I'm, I'm, yeah, it'd be really interesting to hear what they say about it in the in the next. Is it the next podcast? It, it is. Yeah, it's the next episode. Episode two, we'll be chatting to some of our artists. So we'll look forward to that. Great. Well, thank you so much to both of you, Hannah and Adie, for joining us from your living rooms today to record this podcast. Um, Yeah, it's been really interesting to speak to you both. So thank you very much. Brilliant. Thank you. Thank you. That's the end of um, episode one. So make sure you tune in for episode two, Dancing the Small Moments, where, as Lauren just mentioned, we'll be speaking to some of our amazing dance artists and musicians working on the project. Um, Thanks for listening and... Tune in next time. Bye. Bye. You have been listening to Yorkshire Dance Presents, a podcast series about dance and dementia. If you want to know more about this project or any of our other work, head to yorkshiredance.com. Thanks for listening.